you don't know who you are, what you desire, you really can't show up for other people in your life. And I think if a person's understanding and compassionate with their own body, their thoughts, their emotions, and they can be compassionate towards other people. So again, it's like there has to be that internal process that happens. So that's what you express out into the world and are able to offer and help other people with. Your soul, you know what you want. Your soul knows exactly what you came to this world to do. But the spiritual journey is to uncover that. None of us have to settle for anything in any area of our lives that is not completely fulfilling and growing in the level of enjoyment and fulfillment we receive from it. If we are to be growing, if we are to be creating, we are looking forward a lot more. And every single day, we are looking backward. Welcome to Spiritually Hungry Podcast, episode 59. Mm, special summer edition. Happy maybe, summer. Maybe this one will be a shorter than the previous ones. Alrighty, I'll speak really quickly and cut you off so you can't speak. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is going to be five ways to tell if you're changing for the better. Because we're all changing, not all change is great, right? And you know, I consider myself a change junkie, so I am excited about this topic. And I want to kick it off by sharing my change junkie manifesto. Would you like to hear it? I would love to hear it. All right. Monica's manifesto. One, change is necessary to become your better self. Two, the more you know who you are, what you love, what you hate, what excites you, what drives you, the closer you are to achieving what you want. Mm -hmm. Three, be spiritually hungry. By the way, I wrote that before we started this podcast. Yeah. Yearn for something more, deeper, richer, lasting. No matter how great your life is, there's always another level and something new to discover. Four, continue always to celebrate who you are and where you are in your journey. Live life with joy, do what you love, and success will follow. Five, change requires action, urgent and immediate every day. Hmm. That's the end of the podcast. Just kidding. So that's my manifesto. That's how I try to live my life. Very different than how I was born, raised, and also uh, my life before we were married. Routine, certainty in my schedule don't deviate from a plan too much. And that is a formula for unhappiness, actually. So this is a much better way of living and being and existing and it's true freedom at its best, but it requires surrender and flexibility. So here are the five ways to tell if you're changing for the better. You ready, Michael? You're so quiet over there. (laughs) You know what you want, how to ask for it and are in touch with your emotions. That's number one of how you know you're changing for the better. You know what you want. How to ask for it. And you're in touch with your emotions. So basically, the more in touch you are with what's inside of you. It's, yeah. And again, I, I won't belabor this point, but I, I accept that many people have an issue with that. I'm trying to think for myself. Oh, you're adorable. Yes. Have I ever really not thought that I knew what I wanted? You're an anomaly. I don't think you really understand. And I think that's actually why you are in the role you're in and in that you lead a lot of people. I think, and I think that's what creates a great balance is that I came from that opposite spectrum. And I think that when the two pieces together, it, uh, it's the head and the heart, you know, I think. I'm sure that's true that many people, I'm sure it's true even today, you know, uh, people we know very closely, 
lived, who have lived really a significant portion of their lives, right? But seem to have very little awareness of what they actually want. Mm. You know, they could be 60, 70, 80. It's crazy. A person can go through life and not really take the time. Not just what I want today. I want a croissant. I want a, you know, I want a coffee, <laughs> right? But what do I want my life to be? It's, it really is kind of crazy that too often, too many people go through life without really knowing what is it that I want to be? What is it that I want to accomplish? What is it that I want my life to be rather than just living life? The importance of that too is because if you don't know who you are, what you desire, you really can't show up for other people in your life. And that's when it gets complicated. Explain that. Because if if you're not in touch with that aspect of you, then you're probably going to choose not the ideal partner for you or the right friends or the right environment because you really don't know who you are, what you desire. So how do you know where to place yourself in life? It also affects how you're able to give to others and and be there. Because again, uh, you know, if I don't know what I want and I don't honor that, then I'm just going to be there and whatever whoever wants to take from me, that's what that's what my day will look like, right? And I think if a person's understanding and compassionate with their own body, their thoughts, their emotions, and they can be compassionate towards other people. So again, it's like there has to be that internal process that happens. So that's what you express out into the world and are able to offer and help other people with. Yeah, that's a very important idea because again, whether you know, I know it's... I couldn't, do, I couldn't when I was not in that place. Even though I had a desire to give and to share with other people, I really couldn't because I was so busy being affected by life. You know, by everything that came at me, because I really had no idea who it makes I was. You a, because knowing what you want makes you a strong person, makes you a real person. And whether you're a partner, a spouse, or a parent, or a friend, unless you're a strong person, and meaning strongly knowing what it is that you want to do in life and be, it makes it much more difficult to have the right partner, be the right partner, and be the right parent in, in every area of our lives. Yeah, and I often talk about this too. Small children have no compunctions about saying what they want, what they desire. You know, they usually yell it, shriek it in lines in the grocery store. And, you know, at some point we lose that aspect of ourselves and we don't ask for what we want. We don't even know what we want because we stopped listening that, to that voice right. a long time ago. Right. And the beauty of it again is is the fact that I don't want to make this sound too easy, but you don't have to go out into the world to discover what you want. Your soul actually knows. You. you have to discover. You have to discover what you are, who you are. If you think, and as some people probably do, I have to, you know, travel somewhere to, to an ashram, whatever, to discover who I am, to discover what I want. Again, sometimes those journeys are helpful, but not that you're going to find anything new out there. Any of those journeys, any of those things that we do are should and and are only to allow us, enable us to discover what is already inside. Because your soul, you, know what you want. Your soul knows exactly what you came to this world to do. But the spiritual journey is to uncover that. And I think it's very important to to be careful not to think that I need to go outside of myself, either to another person or another place. Often physical place. Yeah, both. People do both. Those can be helpful, again, as long as the... Or they can be misleading. You know, if you don't know where you... Again, if you put yourself in an environment that's appealing or that, you know you're susceptible to anything and right. everything. Right, that's so, part, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Yeah. yeah. So that's number one. Number <laughs> two, you aren't settling for the easier roads, speaking of roads. So again, five ways to tell you're changing the better. You're not settling. 
some of those thoughts look like this. This isn't the job I really wanted, but I'm lucky to have one. This isn't the relationship I wanted, but he's a nice guy and he loves me. This is pretty good. I think I'll stop. Everything's fine. Why do things have to change? This is the danger zone. You've called it the place of the almost in your books. It is the place of good enough, you know, and honestly, like it might be good enough today. It will not be good enough forever. Right. That I can guarantee or, you. Or, or, or worse, it's probably worse if it actually is good enough forever, which means that you never actually experience life as it was meant to be experienced. It's kind of like having your taste buds being dulled and your senses dulled, right? That, you can see, you can taste, you can exactly. smell, but it's, or, it's not yeah, with COVID, right? How many people do we know right, who lost their taste of scent, t- taste and smell? Some, yeah. And and it makes life much less life. Pleasurable. And it's, you, your experience of it is is half. And, and when we settle, we actually, we're living life without really experiencing life. And I think it's so important to, to realize none of us have to settle for anything in any area of our lives that is not completely fulfilling and growing in the level of enjoyment and fulfillment we receive from it. And I think whenever you settle, you always get give up more than you expected to. Yeah, you and, never and worse, think it's like going to be... Like we, we've spoken last, last episode that what happens is, is that it actually becomes... Your being. Exactly. You're a settler. Mm-hmm. Which means that you know, where maybe you started just because you were settling, you know, at home with your family growing up, you didn't allow yourself to really be who you wanted to be because, you know, your parents weren't ready, whatever, whatever that was. And then progressively throughout life, if you do not fight that thought of, oh, this is good enough, this partner is good enough, this work is good enough, then you don't, then it becomes actually what you are, it's your essence. And you never get to experience any part of life to its to its most beautiful and greatest degree. There's a quote from King Solomon. He said, the heart of the misguided people is almost. I love that quote. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's really, again, unfortunately, not just thinking, speaking to our listeners for ourselves, if we're not careful in life, we wind up almost. And living with intensity, living with fullness is is what life is meant to be. How dull is your life in any area? How dull is your work life? How dull is it's your relationship? relationship? That's the question. Right. Because none of it needs to be dull. Not, not again, you know, we've spoken about this in our wedding anniversary just passed to those of our listeners listening to this podcast. But that the intensity of love never has to wane. Never has to wane. The That's inten- not meant to, in fact. Exactly. And but but you have to be living life with that consciousness in order for that to become your reality. Well, that's where I think people really start to age. They Their desire wanes, right? And I think it's, I really think a big part of it is because they settled. It's like, okay, this is, you know, I got to this stage in life. I had a good life. You know, I don't know what I can do more. And they just get into that state. And when you lose that desire, you actually lose more aspects of your being than you realize, you know, your, your inability to to change, to grow, to recognize new thoughts. There's just no more desire. When you don't have desire, you actually, it's really close to being dead. Yes, absolutely. Three, you embrace challenges, small and large. We don't always get to choose what happens, but we can choose how we feel about it and how we react to it. So we've talked about proactivity and reactivity, but I think we can always use a refresher in that. When challenges occur in our lives, we can choose to have a proactive or reactive consciousness. 
When you're proactive, you're actively shaping your life in the way you want it to be. You're the cause, which I think is so powerful when you think of your life like that. Conversely, when you're reactive, you're responding to whatever comes up. So you're the effect. You're giving up your power. Reactive consciousness results in thought, words, and deeds that create instant gratification, but long-term chaos. I'm not even sure instant gratification, right? I think for a lot of people it is. Reactive consciousness, uh, yeah. It's not always gratifying. In the moment? Yeah, like something happened, you know, we know that, you know, we people, we call them the sufferers, right? Oh my God, this no, is... No, but like if you I, yell at somebody and you... you oh, that's, you know, that, that, that's still reactive. reactive. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. all reactive. I yeah, think, yeah. again, it depends. But I think my point is, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, I don't think... Nobody that, wants to be an effect versus a cause, I'm right. sure. Consciously, but it's not always gratifying. And it's also... Right, because like using that example of a person who goes through life as the sufferer, so I don't think he or she is experiencing anything amazing, even in the moment that they say, oh, this is the next bad thing that's going to happen to me. Being but, reactive about it and sharing it with somebody, they actually get a, a power in that and a strength. And it's short-lived. There is an immediate like, oh, you know, I just dumped this on that person. I feel a little bit better. Because if they're suffering all the time, that's actually going to be a release. And so I guess instant gratification, you're thinking in terms of like, what would actually be fulfilling and and positive. I'm speaking when somebody's already in a negative, that would even still provide some kind of release, right? Right. But the point is, and I think we both agree on this, is that you want to eradicate that completely. Absolutely. Four, you take action. So all change begins with a shift in outlook. That's where it starts. And any change we wish to see in our life begins with a change we make within ourselves. Knowing this, we establish a goal, visualize what we want, and develop a clear understanding of the steps necessary to achieve our goals. And then nothing happens. Why not, right? You know how many people set their goals, and I plan this, and why is it, is it not meant and to they be? Spend, I often spend a lot of time thinking, and even writing, and planning. And spending money, or whatever, right? They go. It's very elaborate. You understand why you want to change. You made your to-do list. And the only thing standing between you and your desired experience is you, along with your inherent aversion to change. And I know nobody wants to think that they are averse to change. We all want things to change, but we're really set in our comfort also. So in order for this kind of fundamental change to happen, you're going to have to let go of a lot of things that you're holding on to that make you very comfortable and complacent if you truly desire positive change. Like everything in life, change begins with a thought, a belief, an idea, and it it starts with, again, a shift in your outlook. But again, I think what what you're saying, which is so important, is you're taking action, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there's a phrase that the sages use. They say, your actions need to be greater than your wisdom. Then you have wisdom, and then you have light. If your wisdom which represents thought and understanding, is greater than your actions, then you don't have wisdom, and you don't have light. Mm. And I think, you know, we, we have a dear friend who often uses the phrase, you know, there's people in, in this world that are manifestors, and then there's those who aren't. And I think what you're, what you're saying, which is so important, is for each one of us to ask that question. Yeah, of course, we all know you got to think about things before you do them, you got to plan them. But are you a doer? Are you a manifestor? Are you somebody who takes action? There's a another understanding that if you are not taking action, you know, sometimes you have a good thought, I should do this, right? And then a day goes by or a week goes by and you never wind up doing it. There's actually a, a, a negative force whose, whose job it is to let you have the great thought, let you have the great idea, just don't manifest it. And 
what you're saying, which I think is so important for our listeners, how do you know if you're growing, that you realize that, you, that you're changing, that you are taking many more actions, small ones or great ones, than you did before. If you're not taking more actions, doing more things than you did prior, then you're not growing, then you're not really changing. Exactly. And, and really, just don't wait for your life to happen to you. And to Create just, it. Yeah. Create it. thousand percent. And five, you make mistakes and you learn from them. We are who we are at this very moment because of previous experience or experiences. Through that lens, our mistakes aren't bad. They're merely part of our journey. We can waste so much of our life regretting the past. And that's a scary and sobering thought, right? Living in that space all the time. Unfortunately, we know people like that, right? That spend so much time in regret. That they don't enjoy the the present. Exactly. It actually takes up all 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 their energy, just feeling bad about what happened in the past. And how crazy is that? And I think that's a great... It's a waste of a life. And, that, and that's the question. Again, it's important to reflect. It's beautiful to have some, you know, to bring back memories of the past. But, but are you looking forward or are you looking backwards? Life is meant to be looking forwards, which means that we are meant to spend most of my energy today in creating new rather than regretting past or even living in the past. How many people do we know that, you know, especially if right now life isn't exactly as they would want it to be, they have they they will go on and on and on about what happened, how this great thing happened in the past and that great thing happened in the past. And what you're saying, which is so important, is that and the question we have to, our, our listeners have to ask themselves is how much of my energy is forward directed? Which means when I woke up this morning and I spent my day, most of it was about the future. Most of it was about creating rather than looking backwards and regret or even enjoy but looking backwards. If we are to be growing, if we are to be creating, we are looking forward a lot more in every single day than we are looking backward. It reminds me of uh, a movie, Life is a House. Yes. Uh, with Kevin Klein. Klein. A very sad movie. It's a very sad movie, but it's a powerful message because basically, and I saw this a long time ago, so I might be a hundred percent accurate, but this is how I remember it. He had a beautiful house. No, did not be. He had a beautiful property, a house that was in this gorgeous place, I think, in Malibu, something like that, on a cliff over overlooking the ocean and sunsets and sun. Gorgeous, and his house was completely run down and dilapidated. And he lived in like the garage in a small like cot and. And the neighbors hated him because his house <laughs> was funny. an eyesore. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. But as you're, you're, you're telling this, I remember this movie. And I so did not remember any of that part. All I remember <laughs> is that he died at the end. That's like my okay, that big is memory. That's horrible that you just did that because our oh, listeners might have wanted to watch. Sorry. And you just killed sorry. it. And you don't want to be one of those people. Okay. <laughs> I apologize. Spoiler alert. <laughs> So anyway, as I was saying, um, so the neighbors hated him because they all had like gorgeous mansions, houses built new, right? Because the property, that whole space, the neighborhood was gorgeous. And yes, as Michael uh, spoiled the end, he had cancer and he was very sick. And his relationship with his son was horrible. He had one son and his wife was remarried now. And he had so much regret. I'm very impressed. You saw this movie with me like 15, 20 years ago. It really, because it really impacted me. And the time we saw it, I was pregnant with Josh. I was feeling very vulnerable. And yeah, it, it really impacted me. And then I, I revisited movie. it when my father started to get Alzheimer's. And it's actually, yeah, it was an impactful film for me. So uh, basically all of like, and he still loves his wife and he dreams about her and his his days are just so filled with regret. I have to say. 
<laughs> and his son is like a teenager and uh, they're, they're having, and, and the son needs to come live with him that summer for whatever reason. They have a horrible relationship. Cut to, they end up tearing down the house and rebuilding together and creating something beautiful that he knows he won't live in, by the way, right? Because he's dying. So it's this evolution of the life. He was stuck in this place of like pain and suffering and, and, and sadness regret. and regret all day, every day. And then the transformation was he mended his his relationship with his ex-wife. They didn't, I mean, they were friends, right? And with his son, they built this thing together. And it was a beautiful thing to see a cycle of life. And then you watch, you're like, okay, I understand the lesson in this, but I guess for us now, right, where we have choices, change that around when you're healthy and you have the ability and the capability to live a life that's very different from maybe the one you're in now that's not serving you. Right. Live in the present and future, not in the past. Yeah. So to end with that point, there's a quote from a, a Kabbalist and he said that after making the greatest mistake ever, falling to the lowest place ever, if a person does not know that a second later he or she can ascend to the greatest heights, then he hasn't or she hasn't even begun any spiritual yes, understanding. It's a beautiful quote from Israel of Ruzhin. And uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite quotes because I use it for myself, but also for for what's, our what's listeners. What's his name? Rabbi Israel of, <laughs> of Ruzhin. Version is a town. And the idea being that, you know, we, you know, there is this negative force, negative thoughts that come into our mind, and especially after we've done something really negative. Oh, you got to stay there. I don't know, for an hour, for a day, for a month. For a year just, or some. But the, the understanding that literally, literally the next second, after having done the worst thing in the world, you can attain the highest levels of growth, connection, light, blessings that really puts the lie to that other thought that tries to come in. Oh, no, you just did something really bad. You know, take the time, regret, live the next day, week in regret. No, don't live one second in regret. Yeah, you did, you fell, you did something really bad. Next second, you can be the most elevated soul that ever existed. Powerful. And, and it's, it's really, I find it very, very inspiring. And again, useful, useful for ourselves, any one of our listeners, don't let regret, even after having made a mistake, next, forward, elevation, in one second, after having done the worst thing in the world, you can be the most elevated soul that ever existed. Because again, as we said earlier, you're not the last bad thing you did, and also you're not the last good thing you did, right? We have both sides within each of us, and you're meant to keep rising above, and, and growing, and not and being defined by any any action. Absolutely. So happy summer, folks. Yes, we hope that you enjoyed these special summer editions of Spiritually Hungry. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, write reviews, five-star reviews, uh, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, and share this podcast with all of your friends. Keep sending in your questions, comments, because even during throughout the summer, we'll be reading all of your stories and questions as we prepare for the podcast continuing into uh, September. Make sure to send us your inspiring stories. They continue to inspire us. And certainly those that we get to share with the rest of our readers. And we really hope that you enjoyed listening to this podcast. And most importantly, I would say, I would add, the purpose of this podcast is not just, you know, to have that inspiration in the moment, that you're actually changing your life, especially from this podcast, from any inspiration, wisdom you heard from us today. Bye.